Uh, we have a nice board from Rebchaim Shmuelebezechetzadebrocha in the art school book of Rebchaim's discourses. We're learning with Rebchaim Shlemer, Rebchaim Shayoshev, Ben Babi Rebchaim, Ori Eitam Ben Chagid, Ovi Mechel Ben Yal, Shlemer Ben Esther, Achma Katon Maslea, Yesib Yehuda Ben Adas Apparel, Roi Ben Ilana, Zaman Zeb Ben Rochel, Simcha Ben Yaman Zeb Ben Bina Rikol Babsha, Yeshaya, Atinik Yeshaya ben Edo, Lissel, Fega, and Ephraim Avigdom and Rochaleel, Rafur Shlema, Bekar of Mamish, Besayashachel Yisrael. Chaim discusses from this week's Pasha the union of what's called uh, His Taglus. Tough Gimel Lamed Vosov. His Taglus, which is the ability to adapt, Chaim says. Let's read. Human beings are endowed with the gift of adaptability. No matter how harsh one's living condition, no matter how difficult the environment, a human being is able to adapt and survive. We have seen, Reb Chaim says, in our lifetime, people have undergone the unspeakable horrors of the Nazi hell and survived. However, since their conditions gradually worsened and their suffering increased step by step, they found the ability to adapt to their surroundings eventually surviving the war and rebuilding their lives. It is the understanding of this process which will clarify for us the difference between Abram's reaction to Hashem's command to bring Yitzchak as a carbon, as a sacrifice, as opposed to that of Sarah's. Abram repressed his instinct of mercy and went eagerly to fulfill Hashem's command. Sarah, on the other hand, when she heard what had transpired, could not bear the news and died instantly. How is it these two great people reacted so differently to the same events? The question takes on added strength if we bear in mind that in regard to prophecy, Sarah's greatness surpassed that of Avram, like Rashi says in Barashas Perichal The answer is that Avram was made aware in a gradual manner that Yitzchak was to be brought as a carbon, thus allowing his feelings and emotions to adapt themselves to the challenge awaiting him. Hashem first told him, Please take your son. Your only son. After whom you love. And only then did he form Avram as Yitzchak. That he was referring to Yitzchak. Why the procrastination? Rashi explains, he did not reveal, Rashi says, that Yitzchak would be the sacrifice at the outset. Why? So as not to confuse him, Avram, and disorient him, causing him to lose his mind. Thus, even Avram, had he been confronted suddenly with the awareness that it was Yitzchak who was to be sacrificed, would not... Thus, even Avram, had he been confronted suddenly with the awareness that it was Yitzchak who was to be sacrificed, would not have survived... It was a gradual realization of this fact, which enabled them to simulate this knowledge gradually and con- consequently perform Hashem's commands with equanimity. Such was not the case with Saru, who was suddenly overwhelmed by the knowledge of what had transpired and consequently died from the sudden shock. We find a similar case of an instantaneous shock overwhelming a person. Gemara Kasubis, Rav Samach Beis, Rav Hananya ben Chachinai, 
had been away from home for a period of 13 years and arrived home suddenly. His wife was immersed in housework, and before she saw him visually, her heart felt his presence. Well, she says there, she could not stand the shock and died. Had she first seen him visually, she would not have died. The gap in between the actual sighting of her husband and the awareness thereof would have cushioned the shock and tempered its effects. What actually transpired was the sudden overwhelming of her mind and heart with his presence, and this was beyond her capacity. Conversely, in another instance, we find that the suddenness of someone's perception of a situation was beneficial. The Gemara incited that Afi Gimel and Alf tells of Esau of Arusha to contesting the title to Yaakov's burial plot in the cave of Machpelah. When Yaakov died and was brought to Canaan for burial, Esau came and protested the plot of land belonged to him. A debate ensued, and it was decided that Naphtali would return to Mitzrayim to retrieve the deed, certifying Yaakov's purchase of the plot. One of the grandchildren, a deaf grandson, Hushim, the son of Dan, who was present at this scene, inquired as to the cause of the delay. When they told him, he exclaimed, What? And until the deed is brought, grandfather is to lie in the degradation? Whereupon he killed Esau. Why was it that Hushim, a grandson, was more concerned about Yaakov's honor than Yaakov's own children? The answer is hinted to in the Gemara by its reference to Hushim's deafness. All the brothers had been slowly drawn into the argument with Esau, gradually dulling their sensitivity to their father's shame. Hushim, being deaf, was completely unaware of the litigation. When he was abruptly informed of the situation, he could not contain his wrath and killed Esau instantly. However, as vital as adaption is for a person's survival, it is also detrimental to his spiritual growth. A person may become stimulated to some spiritual endeavor, but the passage of time usually dulls the original inspiration and renders one insensitive to its demands. It is therefore of utmost importance to constantly renew and revitalize these stimuli that serve to elevate a person. Thus, the Navi Yecheskel describes the gateway to the third base of Migdash, Hashem, and their usage. Habad derech shat safi derech Translation is, he went through the northern gate in order to bow down, shall leave via the south gate, and he who went through the south gate shall leave via the north gate. He shall not return by the gate that he entered therein, but rather through the opposite one shall he exit. The Chassid Yavitz in Perak Aleph Mishnah Daladavis explains that the rationale for this was so that one does not become too familiar with Beis Amigdash. Even though the mitzvah of Arliel Regal was performed thrice annually, still the need to avoid regilus over-familiarity, is indicated by the stricture. Even three times a year can lead to Alil Laregel becoming a rote. It was this feeling of familiarity which allowed Klai Yisrael to make a golden calf in spite of their awareness of divine presence within their midst. This indeed was what prompted Moshe Rabbeinu to move his tent outside the Shechina compound so that his feelings of awe towards the divine presence would not become dulled by routine and familiarity. This is a lesson meant to apply to all spiritual stimulation. A person must constantly be on guard not to allow routine and habit to dampen the flame kindled by that inspiration. I find another method used to retain one's original inspiration and to guard it from the ravages of time.
The Gemara in Sanhedrin Dafitas tells us of Palti ben Laish, who was forced to marry Michal, the daughter of Shalom Melech, whom he considered as previously betrothed to David. He lived many years being married to her without ever approaching her. Chazal asked, what did he do to control himself? The Gemara says, he drove a sword between the two beds and proclaimed, he who engages in sin should be pierced by the sword. The question is obvious. What power does a lifeless sword have against the passions and desires of a, of a man? What was there to stop him from simply removing the sword and sinning undisturbed? The answer is that it was not the sword that prevented Palti from transgression, but rather his resolution at that moment when he was forced to, quote, marry his, quote, wife. Chazal did not ask him, did not ask how he controlled himself, but rather how was it that he could retain the power of his original resolution? The answer lies in the sword that he implanted between the two beds. The sword served to remind him of his powerful awareness at the time of marriage that she was forbidden. This reminder kept fresh the firmness of his resolve and kept him from sin. There's another way to explain the difference between Avram and Sarah's reaction to the Akedah Sitzchak. The Gemara Sanhedrin, Afkov Zayin Amad Aleph, states that a person ought to avoid Nisyanus Tests of one's moral commitment, just as David Amelech was unable to withstand in the Nisayin of Bathsheba, a spiritual test that he himself had requested. The explanation of this principle is that when Hashem tests a human being, he correspondingly endows that person with the ability and strength needed to withstand this test. Not so when one is not given the test or trial by Hashem, but rather brings it on himself, as did David Amelech in the case of Bathsheba. In such a case, it is not certain at all that a human being will have the ability to pass the test. The same principle may be applied here. Avram was tested by Hashem to see if he would sacrifice Yitzchak. He was therefore endowed with the superhuman strength needed to withstand the accompanying emotions. Sarah, on the other hand, was not given this test and therefore was not endowed with these capabilities and hence could not withstand the accompanying emotions even though she was superior to Avram in the areas of prophecy. As I said to Chaim in this week's passion, uh, may we all tackle bizeichet to withstand and stand strong in the face of the sign. May we bizeichet tackle to pass all that's expected with us, and to evolve and grow from them. And certainly in this period of time, when we need all the chizuk we can get, let us redouble our efforts to recognize where these nesiyanis are coming from, and how we are to approach them. And that's the Hashem to overcome them. May we be zeichet to a great Shabbos and Besurus Tavis and a wonderful Simcha Dika week of Yeshua's Mechames and Refuas in the week to come.